welcome to the edition podcast. I'm your host Charlotte Henry and each week we explore the ever-changing world of media. On this episode we're discussing Web3, what on earth that is and what it could mean for media. Uh, to do so I'm joined by Lauren Ingram, the founder of Women of Web3. Welcome to the show Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. It's honestly a delight to be part of this. I've really enjoyed your previous episodes. Thank you. Now I should say Lauren is not just saying that out of the goodness of her heart. We have known each other for a very very long time uh we, we were at school together from about 12 to 18 so let's not work out at least not whilst we're recording how many years we've known each other but uh we'll leave the playground gossip as well but yeah we've known each other well and it's very exciting to see you working in this world and the world of web3 so i have to start with the only question what on earth is web3 <laughs> um it is actually a good question and you'll get a different answer to from from me and from other people, depending on the day of the week and sort of what's going on. Um, it tends to actually get used interchangeably with metaverse, uh, probably less so now. Uh, they are starting to, it's starting to be clearer what the two different things are um, to the to the wider public. So Web3 is more about the sort of decentralization piece of kind of blockchain-based technologies that are uh, distributed. So th- th- things like, uh, yeah, uh, blockchain, NFTs, cryptocurrencies, any of that gets kind of wrapped up under Web3, but it also is about the sort of philosophy of it, of a kind of, yeah, decentralizing away from central powers and giving people ownership, whether it's like of a sort of company or whatever. Yeah. And as I, I've done, you know, I've written a little bit about this for Mac, Format Magazine. I've had a sort of done some reading. I, I haven't thought about this world nearly as much as you do. and But it kind of seems to me in some ways at its purest form, it's like quite a nice if you want to be generous, kind of return to what the internet was meant to be, which was this decentralized thing that the public had access to, that people, you know, could be anonymous, more anonymous on all that kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of that element in Web3, isn't there, that if you want, you know, to highlight the positive aspects of it, if you like. Yeah, I mean, it is quite a sort of romantic, almost, um, of like this kind of yeah desire for a more open source type internet you're right it is a sort of return to those values of what people want the internet to be and yeah for everybody built by everybody and uh so things like the idea that maybe you could take your data with you from say social media one platform sorry from one social media platform to another or um or participate in something like a DAO. i don't know so i'm sure lots of people will be familiar yeah we'll come back to the we'll go to the jargon in a minute okay okay we'll we'll dig into the (laughs) jargon but let's yeah this idea of at a basic level there's an idea of decentralization you're not you know as consumers for something like facebook essentially we're the product Mm -hmm. um because people can sell adverts to us using our personalized data the the kind of as you say romantic look at web3 is that we own that data we own you know everyone is contributing to this what in this version of the internet and so on and there is a rather nice uh, element to that is that one of the reasons why you kind of got interested in this world i think it was a few things at once and one of the things was actually the metaverse as well sometimes that does get lumped under web3 and i probably should define it um and do, again yeah. again there are lots of different definitions um but it's essentially a sort of more immersive internet so if you partly if you think about in films how people are sort of like tapping away on invisible screens in front of them um yeah it's a sort of mix of augmented reality virtual reality it's the kind of how we might interact with the, the internet in future is the sort of it's the broad term for that. And the metaverse was part of what got me excited about this area. And yeah, a metaverse, more like the metaverse, doesn't have to be decentralized. So I'm sure we'll probably end up talking about 
meta slash Facebook. And um, that's kind of, you know, centralizing things again and having closed spaces. Um, it's, it's an interesting set of philosophies and how those might be in tension with each other. I was thinking, actually, as you're describing the metaverse and this kind of extended way of living, all I have in the image of my head is and the company Meta, formerly known as Facebook, um, this idea, I, I just see those terrible kind of rally, rather poor quality graphics mm-hmm. of like people, you know, having team meetings in this really weird constructed place. Well, there was that really cringy video, wasn't that came out a while ago. I won't ever be able to find the link for the show notes, unfortunately, but of like a rather naff looking uh kind of internet metaverse disco and <laughs> and do you, do you know what i mean and it's just so far i've just not seen anything appealing i understand completely the kind of benefits of augmented reality so i love things like there, there's things that we have now um you know maps that there's various maps apps that you know if you scan something where you are give you more information about where you are we've seen all sorts of these basics of Apple has done them before events. If you use the camera app before and like look at a logo, open up like the event logo or something, like you get some a nice little animation within your home or whatever. Fine, all very nice. Not really that groundbreaking or important in the world mm-hmm. of what we can actually do in the real world, given the numerous things that actually problems need solving. But all quite nice and quite fun technology. What? Like when we're talking about, say, the metaverse, like I was joking about us when we were knowing each other as teenagers or whatever, like kids these days are already doing that stuff. You see things like Roblox, Minecraft, you could argue who was kind of a metaverse, maybe Fortnite clearly is. And that's the people at the top of Fortnite have spoken about that. Um, do you see that as part of the general picture of Web3 or do you think people we should keep those kind of things quite separate? I happily lumped them together, to be honest. Um, so when I started Women of Web3, it was with an interest in both or all sets of things, um, sort of grouping them all together. And I know you're saying that all of this stuff is quite gimmicky, and I would absolutely agree. But I also think some of those gimmicks are going to be what um, what brings people in. Because so that was even mm-hmm. part of what excited me was this kind of, oh, we could sort of have like brand activations in a sort of metaverse or like immersive format or um there's also like nfts while again they can seem very gimmicky there is also the sort of creator economy of like can you give artists royalties for every single sale you know so forevermore like every time this digital asset gets sold they can still get a sort of kickback in a way that um you know painters of old have never seen in the same way they sold the painting once and the collectors are ultimately the ones that get it yeah, um, so let's talk about NFTs actually, because I think that has the most from and you please correct me if I'm wrong at any point. Um, that ha- seems to have the most relatability and likelihood of working within the media world. I think this idea of tokens you've described art, which I think really works. You can see a world where musicians are releasing NFTs connected to an album. Yeah. We used to buy albums with covers and, you know, artwork associated with the album. Um, yeah, you, you can see NFTs, can't you, be much more part of the media landscape if this kind of, I think some of the kind of Ponzi scheme nature of it can be overcome. <laughs> um, it's definitely not, but definitely might be a Ponzi scheme. No, it's not. <laughs> um, 
uh, I mean, I, I did, I did ask myself the same question at the beginning of like, oh, this looks really exciting. Hang on. Am, am I being duped in some way? And some of what's out there is not quite a scam, but almost. Um, but I think you're right that NFTs were what got consumers excited about blockchain technologies because blockchain just sounds incredibly dry. Um, and uh, But you can get people excited about the sort of official version of something or a sort of collectible. And actually, I don't think we'll even be calling them NFTs in whether it's like no. six months or a year or two years from now. They'll have their own names. So it might be digital collectibles or it might have its own name in context of like in a sort of music context. It might be called something different. And and to your point about music, Muse have already just sold out their NFT album. I think it was this week. Um, but I think NFTs are what woke up consumers to this set of technologies. And that's something that I find quite exciting. Yeah. And look, I think you and I come from just about the last generation. Remember buying physical stuff like, like we bought, <laughs> like we did, didn't we? We bought DVDs. We didn't, we bought DVDs, we bought albums, we bought, I mean, people still do buy books, but DVDs and albums are the obvious ones. Mm. And we actually had collections of them and they said something about you. Mm. And the argument in favor of digital assets, including NFTs, is that that's just the digital replication of those kind of things right people like to show they are xyz and owning these digital assets in a world where we learn less and less physical stuff and care in lots of cases about owning less and less physical stuff it, this is just a kind of replication of that isn't it to some extent yes um and actually i remember talking to my parents years ago about the idea that a spotify playlist just doesn't cut it in terms of like, you know, me coming across their record, like, you know, record, record collection and what that says about them. And my Spotify playlist is, is somehow different. And also Spotify might be obsolete by the time, well, could well be obsolete by the time I die. And, you know, my kids are looking at my record collection in inverted commas. And they can seem something a bit sad about that. But I think people are um, worrying about exactly that now of like, oh, but surely... NFTs just doesn't mean as much. Like, what does it really say about my identity? It's just like a digital yep. asset that lives on the blockchain. But you can say the same things about things like Spotify and Spotify and Netflix. Um, is that you know it's just access to a, a digital file, but it it is still forming part of our identity and it's very much embedded in culture. Mm. And it is the cultural aspects of these things that I'm interested because in. I think so. I look. I played around with say putting a tiny bit of money into a coinbase account and seeing how it all worked just because i thought mm. if i was writing about tech and this stuff you've got to know how it works mm -hmm. and you know whatever goes up it goes down you lose whatever you put in fine um look some people have done very well from it there's, there's, um i i haven't yet seen many real world applications of crypto and particularly mm. not in the media space on last week's show, Dave Hamilton was talking a lot of this about this value for value stuff, and that he'd learned from heard coming out of podcast movement this idea that maybe eventually you'll be able to have podcasters rewarded by people sending some cryptocurrency or even, you know, conventional currency through the blockchain to people based on how long people listen to their shows. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of another quite interesting way I thought of how this Web three world can come into the media sphere yeah i can imagine blockchain technologies or nfts completely replacing a lot of loyalty schemes of any kind and be the new way that we 
that we reward people. And it is a little bit different than say having an account with something because of the fact that you can then sell it on afterwards is that um, if you own an NFT of some kind, that brand or that NFT founding company can keep sending you things um, as an, as an airdrop, um, which is, that's what it gets called. Um, and that's a, a different... different thing to like the Apple user yes. airdrop of sending pictures. Uh, yeah, I've, I've yeah, made that mistake. Yeah. Um, uh, but but there are more and more real world examples of of why this might be helpful. I, th- I think you're right that sometimes it's hard to make sense of why crypto might apply in our normal lives. And actually, I think in in some countries it's helpful in terms of having a sort of inflation proof alternative currency. Um, but in terms of our day to day, yeah, it's also like well. I mean, I don't want to get too much delve deep into the finances because obviously this is a media show, but we've mm. also seen some examples of people trying to make cryptos a, a currency within their country and it not being particularly inflation-proof or work very well. I mean, that's true. I mean, the tricky thing about all of this, to be honest, it is super volatile. Mm-hmm. And so I think you have to maybe like not have a heart problem if you're going to go into any of this stuff yes. because uh, it's quite a wild ride, as I've learned in the last year. Um, have a very good meditation regime. Yeah. yeah have um, a, like, it's, uh... <laughs> you'd like step away from the screen periodically. It's yeah. But I, but I could imagine, um, yeah, newspapers re- re- replacing, you know, having a sort of an, an account with something like the FT that you would have an NFT token that gives you access to token gated content and that you could then then sell on that NFT afterwards. And it might be that you can sell it for more money if there's say a limited number of subscriptions or something like that, that you could play around with it differently in the way that we haven't done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you can also see things like people collect historic newspaper front pages. Now you can see things mm-hmm. like that becoming mm-hmm. a digital asset. Mm-hmm. Let's do some jargon busting. Okay. <laughs> because we'd be going for, you know, good 50 minutes or whatever. And it's all very interesting, but there is, uh, and actually, you know, in relative terms, you haven't been dealing with this world very long. Yes. It must have felt quite intimidating to you to step into this world that you thought was really exciting and interesting. And there's all these jargons and acronyms and mm. it can sort of feel deliberately exclusionary. So mm-hmm. let's break some down. Let, let's get break down those barriers. NFT, non-fungible, fungible token. Explain the concept. It's basically an asset that doesn't degrade, right? Wrong. Uh, yeah, I think that's a a helpful, a helpful description of it. Because non fungible doesn't really help bloody anyone, does it? No. <laughs> we'll just, we'll have to start defining fungible. Yeah, because like fungible means kind of exchangeable. Yeah. Um. So like it's a sort of a a token or a yeah digital item that can't be exchanged um so it's it's a unique token so it's like kind of like a barcode like like owning a barcode it's a sort of identifier that points to a digital asset but it still sounds incredibly dry when we describe it in these terms but it's like having the official version of something so like a sort of certificate of ownership that's digital and it's uh, official because it goes on the blockchain and everything that's on the blockchain is kind of visible to all so when you if there are changes made that then appears in the data and then like yeah. for all to see. So when I actually, when I bought my first NFT, I was terrified. Go on, tell me it was a board ape. Tell me it was a board ape. Oh tell my God. It was a board no, ape. afraid not. <laughs> afraid not. I would be telling you that from my yacht if that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was honestly really stressing out about what NFT to buy because I was thinking, okay, I know I want to work in this field. So I feel like it needs to be something good because people will be able to look it up on the blockchain. Like what did Lauren buy as her first NFT? And it's, it's, a cat eating a pizza. So obviously, can I just say, 
For anyone that has ever encountered Lauren Ingram, <laughs> obviously it was a cat eating a pizza. I should have guessed that. I was trying to go for something so much more highbrow and thoughtful no, and like really well fine. chosen. And yeah, cat eating pizza, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I think it's perfect. Um, we've used the phrase blockchain a lot. Let's kind of break down what that is because it's so central to everything that we're talking about. Yes. I do actually still find it a little bit hard to define the blockchain, but it's a sort of distributed ledger of data. And a lot of the time that is kind of monetary transactions. Um, so it's kind of like a database that's shared by the people that has to be kind of verified by lots of different computers at the same time. It's probably a helpful, simplified definition. Yeah. And so if you're selling, if there's a blockchain for, say, a cryptocurrency like Ethereum or Bitcoin, they all, they all might each have an individual blockchain. And those blockchains, yes. as you say, many computers verify each transaction, which in theory gives more authenticity, more security, so on. Yeah, and you're right. You can see those and, transactions. Yeah, so you're right that um, a cryptocurrency will be the sort of native token of a certain blockchain. So, yeah, Ether is the native token of... Uh, sorry, Ether is the cryptocurrency of of the blockchain Ethereum. Um, and uh, Bitcoin has its own blockchain, that kind of thing. Uh, I think we've broken everyone. Yeah, Have sorry we broken guys. Everyone? Sorry team, <laughs> ruined you uh, all. We've broken it, but yeah, it is important. This is important um, because these words, I think, are just going to drift more into our lexicon, whether I like it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I say, when you think about it from impact on the media, you can see things like blockchain and you know having access to certain digital assets or videos or programming or you know that being distributed by a blockchain there's there's endless use cases aren't there if we can get this right if i'm feeling positive well i'm interested to know what is it that you're feeling negative about because i and i know there are definitely negatives but i'm mm-hmm. i'm interested to know your opinion of like what your what are your fears so, so the volatility around cryptocurrency always worries me mm-hmm. i think people have put stuff in thinking it's a guaranteed win and it's not and i also can't get beyond the fact that at this moment in time there's not real world use cases for crypto really okay yeah like there's the famous stories and they're the world's most expensive pizza from Mm. all those years ago like there's really no real uses for it i've kind of softened on the nfts thing because i can understand why one would want to own a unique digital asset we again we see that in games people buying Fortnite costumes mm. and uh all sorts of other things i yeah so i i can sort of understand that but again there's a volatility element to it there is a and i think the uh a lot of the early things within nfts particularly when it comes to the kind of art we like you and I were joking about the board apes or whatever has been somewhat exploitative. Like mm. there's this kind of idea of like, yeah, this, I mean, I'm not saying the people behind the board ape yacht club are exploitative, but there is an element where we've seen, you know, famous people launch an NFT brand and it's basically meaningless. And you just, um, yeah, there is a lot of cash grabbing going on. Exactly. There is this kind of gold rush effect. And actually I was quite, turned off by all of that that's, when a, I first... that's a really good way of putting it actually yeah i mean that's it was a kind of in one way it was hard not to be swept along with some of it mm-hmm. um and at the same time it was like oh this is actually quite gross like there's this like unpleasant behavior and a sort of yeah cash grabbing attitude um and that 
that was at the same time as realizing this was a very male dominated space of like crypto is like it's there's the sort of archetype of the crypto bro yeah um, and then nfts a lot of that is associated with kind of gamer culture which does tend to be quite male and, and you can even get the kind of quite extreme um unpleasant behavior um and so again coming back to that sort of demystification point i do think it's really important that everybody and probably especially women needs to be able to be a bit more comfortable with these terms and it being a more welcoming inclusive place to be because it's, yeah. it's not necessarily yet no and i think i mean look i consider gaming a really essential part of the media landscape which is kind of why mm. i'm interested in web because i think mm. probably where we're going to see a lot of the breakthroughs is in gaming like i've, I've you know i've already talked about fortnite roblox those kind of things are the kind of entry points aren't they for a lot of particularly the metaverse style bits of the world i think um you talked about the kind of male dominatedness, and I suspect that's why you started Women of Web3. So we'll get to that. The <laughs> other concern I have when I hear and read anything about particularly, you know, cryptocurrencies is that there's a lot of environmental concerns. And, you know, the amount of particularly we're sitting here in the UK hearing all sorts of terrible things about our energy bills mm-hmm. and the energy crisis we're going to face in this country in the coming months. And yet the kind of grotesque levels of energy required to generate and go through the mining process of cryptocurrency which is another term we should probably jargon bust kind of seems almost immoral at yeah the, when you're sitting here now you could say that yeah um so yeah cryptocurrency is a kind of digital cash and yeah lives on blockchain um i actually think you're right that there is a sort of willful ignorance in all things Web3, NFTs, et cetera, about the environmental side of it, that even on my own part, I feel like I've been looking to this, this thing called the Ethereum merge, um, where essentially I'll, I'll skip the boring part, but it will become a much more environmentally friendly blockchain in terms of how, how much energy is used transacting or like, you know, buying and selling, doing anything will be much less energy intensive. And so I've been kind of blindly like, well, that's going to sort everything out. And, um, uh and i think yeah there's this sort of everyone's turning away from the issues really yeah i saw some research that said in the u.s and just the united states there's 40 billion pounds of carbon emissions are caused by bitcoin mining which is the way you generate uh in you know different types of cryptocurrency in this case it was bitcoin and Mm. as i understand it the idea is as these cryptocurrencies get more advanced the re- computing power required to generate a new bitcoin increases significantly because there's not infinite number of bitcoins in the world that we can ever have mm-hmm. um and so yeah i'll repeat that's like 40 billion pounds of carbon emissions are caused by bitcoin mining uh which uh, the which is you know pretty staggering in just the us so the, these are huge things that i think people uh, like you who care about making this environment work have accepted it's here and care about making it work are going to have to think about um let, let's talk about the role of women in the world of web3 because yeah i look i'm not a particular gaming person but i know i've heard the stories of you about kind of issues within gaming culture look all you know the media industry is hardly want to talk about kind of a lack of misogyny or kind of sexism issues and never mind any other kind of discriminatory issues Mm. what was it um you set up women web three. what kind of what was the driving force behind that apart from your interest in this area yeah there were a few different things that 
brought me to this. It was partly because I'd seen a friend post on Instagram, actually, just saying that she'd bought an NFT and it was something called a world of women, which is now a sort of very popular NFT collection. It has done very well. I think it's actually come back down in value to some extent, but she mentioned the sort of lack of female representation in this space. And I was thinking, okay, I can totally see that the kind of, you know, finance being very male and gaming being very male. You've got this and actually tech, quite sort of, tech and yeah, tech generally, and yeah. you can see this sort of hyper male environment being created. And I was thinking, well, if this is going to be really as, as successful as people are making it out to be, it's really important that we have a sort of broader diversity of people that are building in it and benefiting from it and, you know, profiting from it. And I was thinking, well, I would, I would like to see, you know, women thriving in this as well. Um, so it doesn't, doesn't matter in and of itself, it being male heavy, but it, it should be accessible to everybody in, who, in terms of who can benefit. Yeah. And we tend to know things tend to work better when more people from more different backgrounds and uh, contribute to things from the start. We like, we know this, we're in all sorts of areas. So I, I yeah I can kind of get uh, and what kind of work are you doing what's what's the what's the plan with women in web three I'm excited to know where you go with it oh thanks um I couldn't tell you my grand plan because I'd have to kill you and sure, also sure, the plan sense. is evolving honestly probably day by day or week by week um at the moment what the we've plan got... is an NFT on a blockchain that's not accept <laughs> and yeah you know it's actually not an NFT um I noodled on that idea months and months ago about whether or not to do that and I actually think it makes sense to give people an option that you don't don't have to not to buy anything you don't have to transact yeah. on the blockchain at all you could just have a sort of passive way of learning about this area so it's a sort of educational community and sort of vehicle so it's uh, uh jobs learning resources and connections so there's a jobs platform with like vacancies and a like talent collective of women that want to work in this space and I sort of hook them up with employers there's learning resources. Yeah, I do a weekly podcast called the Women of Web Three Podcast, and I interview a different woman in, in the space. And actually, that's been really beneficial to me in terms of yeah. I've learned loads by the people I've interviewed, and then done connections in terms of in-person events. I would also like to sort of scale it out more, whether it's kind of having awards to celebrate that sort of women doing amazing things in this space, and that sort of elevates their visibility. Um, I think to be honest, there's a lot we can apply for what gets called web two or just kind of the yeah. internet and companies as we know them today. Apply what we've learned in a sort of diversity and inclusion lens in this new space to make sure we're not going to make the same mistakes as before. Yep. Yep. And it, if we're sitting here, and maybe I will, I often ask people this actually, if we're sitting here in kind of six months to a year's time, and I'm like, okay. Uh, there's so much has happened in Web3. I've got to have Lauren back on. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What kind of thing do you think we'll be looking at? We haven't really seen, for example, Apple make huge moves into this space. You know, we might see some, I suspect we, by the time you listen to the show, we'll see the I- iPhone 14 and there will probably be some AR and VR elements in there that kind of maybe hint at a metaverse we know there's going to be some goggles, but you know, they've been pretty reluctant to, even though Tim Cook's kind of interested in, I think, owns some cryptocurrency or something. Um, Meta obviously became Meta. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll be interested to see what Google's moves in this space are. Yeah. Wh- where do you think we'll be? And do you think the kind of media industry will be a part of that? It's hard to know where the media industry will fit in exactly because of the sort of gimmicky nature so far 
um is it like sort of what are the sort of more serious use cases oh yes for? the media industry well known for avoiding gimmicks yeah <laughs> um but to your point about the sort of big tech i would suspect that in six months time we'll have seen apple go all go all guns blazing into this space and yeah with sort of goggles but also a kind of i guess a sort of renewed investment in like we're going that direction sort of building um probably a sort of closed metaverse of some kind um is my suspicion meta is i think trying to build a sort of open metaverse that's interoperable with other platforms and things i think that's also why i know we sort of take the mick out of some of the graphics um like you know there's been uh, why are they so bad <laughs> well if, if you think about it if you have to have a sort of almost lowest common denominator of like making sure that things could work across platforms that sure. like um in terms of it, like everybody being able to have the same sort of processing like ability of, yeah i don't know just it, if you want if you want everybody to up, like take up your product it, like, if you make it accessible to more and more people in that sense the better whereas if you had sort of like super duper fancy graphics i'm going to like expose myself as not knowing nearly enough about <laughs> the actual graphics oh, yeah. side of things um that, that wouldn't be accessible for everybody and they don't want it to be that you have to have a vr headset to interact with this stuff fun well it's fascinating i'm really pleased that i had you here to discuss it all with me where do you think uh well tell me where they can keep up with all your work and everything because i'm sure people after this conversation We'll process it and want to know a lot more about the world of Web3. Yeah, of course. Uh, so you can sort of come and look me up on uh, LinkedIn or Twitter. I'm I'm Lauren Ingram or I'm at Lauren Web3, uh, with my fancy new handle, or Women of Web3. Our, our website is womenofweb3.co. Um, I'd probably also put a warning on that if people do fall down the rabbit hole and kind of start reading loads about this stuff, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. So, like, go and do your breathing exercises and, like, uh, take a moment and also protect yourself. If you're going to go and um, start a crypto wallet, that kind of thing, you need you get given like a 12 word passphrase, and you need to yeah. write that down on physical paper and put it somewhere. Um, seriously, um, you, mm-hmm. you need to sort of read about the safety elements genuinely because you can get scammed the hell out of otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would also suggest going to web3isgoinggreat.com, which uh, if nothing oh, else, always. Uh, <laughs> raises an eyebrow i'm at charlotte henry on the twitters of course you can subscribe to the edition.substack.com uh, there are free and paid options and it all helps keep the show on the road uh if you're listening to this show in a podcast app well you know how to find us if you're listening to it on substack and through that newsletter you can find us in your favorite podcast app just go to the uh, uh, just search for the edition or the edition charlotte henry in whatever podcast app you like and it will be there we're on we're on apple Podcasts, spotify overcast which we learned last week is the set of i think the fourth most used one or something so yeah go find us in any of the big platforms and we'll be there lauren thank you so much for joining me and this is i'll see you all next week 